What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. First of all, thank you guys for for coming in at damn near one o'clock in the morning. Um, I was gonna do this in bed, but I realized that I didn't like. I hate bringing my laptop to bed for some reason. Like I get super tired. <laughs> Um, so I came back to my office. I needed to get the, uh, just a look at the box score, just, just something to, to keep me, um, make sure I'm going off the right stats here. Let's see. Box score. Okay. All right, so I was wrong. I was wrong about this one, man. I was wrong, wrong. So before the game, if you guys were in here, you know, I had Michigan State. I had Michigan State winning by 10, 15 points at least. And it looked like that until there was a run in the first three and a half minutes of the second half, and UCLA got back into the game. And then there was a rotation thing with Hauser guarding <laughs> guarding one of the better players in the back 12 like what was that about good lord and then he let him go off now you gotta put Henry on him now Watson Langford gotta contain Juzang and then he was hitting threes and getting to the cup and um, it was pretty much a wrap man it's uh, it's really 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 sad Um, what's up Greg What's up, Ant? You know that I was going to be one of the first guys to come on and speak here, given my ties. And I got to tell you, man, the way that this game was played from first half to second half was unreal to me because the ball movement for UCLA got so much better in the second half. And I'll say this, UCLA went away from trying to get it inside because they couldn't get anything going against Bingham. Like that was the worst that I had seen Cody Riley look on the post all year long but I will tell you what UCLA did a really good job of is having Tiger Campbell roll off the screens and then having a Juzang or a Hawkins kick out to the corner and look UCLA has not been that good shooting from the outside this season I haven't seen much of Michigan State but their perimeter game just completely disappeared and uh I know that the broadcast has said that they had had point guard issues throughout the year I was not impressed with Rocket Watts at all yeah, so if you guys don't know Greg, uh, he's he's really deep into the Pac-12 network and, you know, Pac-12 sports itself. Um, so, like, these are very, very unbiased takes. So, like, these are just like, hey, this is what he saw today. And a lot of what you're saying has kind of been the Achilles heel for Michigan State all year. The two, three, and the four have been pretty solid for him, but – 
It's the point guard inconsistency play there and then uh, not realizing what the rotation should be when it comes down to the big man rotation. And I was really shocked and surprised they kept Bingham out for so long. Um, Bingham has been, I swear, in the last third of the year, ever since that Indiana game, as as soon as Izzo let up the leash on him and kind of let him play more and let him play through some mistakes, uh, he's been a different monster, whether it's on the boards or rim protecting and just being the guy at the big spot. Um, he's been, he has been tough to, to, uh, to uh, finish out the year. And you could tell when Riley got the ball in the post against them, I mean, Bingham was, he was either blocking his shot or he was altering it. And, um, but UCLA did do a really, really good job at countering for sure. And the thing that I will say in regards to this matchup is that coming in, I did not think this was a very good matchup for UCLA because Michigan State's a lot bigger. UCLA lost Chris Smith to a torn ACL earlier in the year, and Jalen yep. Hill had to leave the team for personal reasons. Personal so reasons. your two biggest guys are gone. And against a team like Michigan State that is a lot better on the interior than UCLA is, it was going to be UCLA relying upon making shots from the outside. And other than Juzang, and I'll tell you this, this is the best game that I've seen from Jaime Jaquez. And I, by the way, just a shout-out to everybody on here. I know I love Kenny Smith. You have phonetics guides. Get it right. If I had to listen to Kenny Smith butcher Jaime Jaquez's last name one more time, I was going to throw something and possibly break something. You have phonetics guides for a reason. Get it right. But I will say this. Jacquees? You like Jacquees? My God. It's it. I even tweeted it out. I said, Jaquez. Jaquez. Come on. Like, but I probably but the, point being, the point being is that if UCLA was going to win, they were going to have to win from the perimeter. And the one yeah. thing that I saw today that I haven't seen from UCLA all, all season, and I don't know in your opinion, Ant, uh, what Michigan State did differently today, but Jaime Jaquez basically had almost anything that he wanted in inside the paint you know i'm looking at the you know what were even but uh, that was from jaime Jaquez, the most aggressive i had seen him going to the hole all season long it was the matchup uh when he was matched up against anyone not named aaron henry um he had his way whether it was shooting over them or whether it was bullying them and then once aaron henry switched on to him um i don't like he may have scored a couple more points but no life was made very very hard but then what made what made it even more frustrating for Michigan State in my opinion is once they put Aaron Aaron Henry is one of the better perimeter defenders in the country and it's because of his size he's 6'6 215 all muscle very good laterally very very smart and you put a guy like that on um Jaquez right Hawkes, Hawkes, Hawkes. I'm not. Ant, Ant, you and I, you and I go too far back. I'm not going to get mad at you for 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 getting on it. <laughs> All right, so he's on my man's Jacquees. So look, so they, but but Juzang, Juzang steps up 
as soon as he switches on on to number four, Ju Zhang shows up almost immediately, hits like two threes back to back. He's just keeping them in the game. And then you see it in 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 overtime. I tweeted, I'm like, I don't see how UCLA can score if Aaron Henry's on number four and uh, I'm glad Juzang you called him number four, contained. by the way. You're just yes, going to go with number four. Yes, I'm I'm not going to call him Jack Weiss anymore. So, look, you got – you got um, – you have you have Juzang. I'm saying if Juzang can get contained by Langford and Watts, I don't see how UCLA can score. And what is the, the very first two possessions? Juzang goes at – uh, Juzang goes at uh, Watts, and then next one he goes at Langford, or it's the other way. But the first four points comes on those guys from bullying them, the same way Jacquees number four <laughs> was bullying uh, those guys throughout the game. And then they put Joey Hauser, which is probably no disrespect to him or anybody like that. I'm not sure why Michigan State put Joey Hauser on him. Number four, like Hauser probably has the slowest feet, n- not the toughest. Um, and that's where you saw him kind of go off there and and slowly bring UCLA back into this game. Well, the thing that was key for me, and I've seen enough of UCLA to kind of tell when Juzang's going to go off. He's either a first half or a second half player. When yeah. Juzang goes for double figures in the first half, he'll go completely quiet in the second half. And when I saw Juzang start to get hot at the beginning of the second half and realized that, okay, he's into double figures, I knew that was going to be one of his halves. Like, of his 23 points, he scored 17 of them in the second half in overtime. He had more points in overtime than Michigan State did. The thing with Juzang is, and something that was a little bit different about him today than what I've seen all season, is that he's willing to cut without the ball and be able to find the open pocket on the perimeter, but he was willing to attack off the dribble today, which is something that I haven't seen from him that often. At least he was in aggressive. Stages. Oh, he was incredibly aggressive. And he knew he, he had settle. to be aggressive because of how big Michigan State is inside. And Juzang, he's a lanky guy, but he's got size. And the thing for me about UCLA coming into this game that was so different and so drastic is that they had lost four in a row coming into this game, having a lead of at least eight points in all of those losses in the second half. They led by 16 against Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament quarterfinal and lost. And for them to be down by 14, come back and win, that was their largest halftime deficit this season. UCLA has trailed by double digits in the second half four different times this year when they've won. So, I got to tell you, this was one of the most impressive wins that I've seen from them all season long, considering that they were a team that was coming into the tournament with no momentum. And and I'm not so sure how the loss to Maryland affected Michigan State, but they just they played scared down the stretch, which is not what you normally see from a Tom Izzo team. I'd love for you to take full credit and enjoy that UCLA win, but I'll just say that this was a predictable implosion by Michigan State. So 
I congratulations on that win for sure. They played great down the stretch. I, I don't know if I would take as much to heart as that as Michigan State doing what they did for like ninety percent of this season. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about it. Oh, that was rough. That, that, that was, was rough. rough that was rough. Um, you go from I mean, like you're up five with under two left. I mean, you actually, but you're but you're up eleven at the half. And, like, whenever you are up double digits at halftime, like, you have to pride yourself on being the next team to make a run. Or you have to go plus five over the over the first team to plus five, right? Because if you get to plus five, now you're up 16. Now you stretch that lead into the second half. But if the other team goes plus five, now it's a, now it's a two-possession game. And that's what happened. They went plus eight in the matter of, I believe it was three minutes and 25 seconds. Yeah, I think um, that there's a 7-0 run the first minute of the second half. Yeah, it was like, it was quick. It was quick. It was um, bad offensive possessions. I mean, the defense wasn't great, but it was bad offensive possessions leading to easy opportunities on the other side. It was, it was that. It was a 9-2 run. So, so Hall had the dunk in the first, like, 45 seconds. It should have been a turnover, and it somehow landed back in his hands there. Yeah, and then Hawkins comes down, he makes a shot, then Juzang with a three, and then Juzang with another jumper. Michigan State, after that dunk from Hall, they didn't have another bucket until Aaron Henry at 15-24. And then from there, UCLA just controlled the pace of the second half. And the way that UCLA wins basketball games, David, is that they don't have the athletes to run up and down the floor. So when they're walking the ball up and they're playing, they they play that Wisconsin stuff. Yeah, this is a this is any if you've watched University of Cincinnati basketball over the last ten years, this Most is boring, gritty, this is what, that's what you saw tonight because yeah. they don't have the athletes to play run and gun basketball. Johnny Juzang's been dealing with an ankle injury for most of this year. He missed the first few games of the year. It's been nagging on and off. He missed a couple games toward the end of conference play. So I really hope that he's okay for the BYU game. Was that an ankle or was his knee? I I didn't see it. It was ankle. His right ankle got rolled up. I hope he's all right. But it was his ankle. Yeah, it was his ankle. Yeah. I talked about just in this week leading up to it, in the preview I did and in – you know, when I was digging into UCLA, I said before this game started, I said, Josh Langford doesn't have anybody to guard against UCLA. They got three wings. All three of them can put the ball on the deck, can shoot it, can score in the mid-range. And over and over and over again, we had to watch Josh just get absolutely abused defensively. He like, did get abused. He, he did. And, yeah. and people asked me, they're like, are, are they going to win? Are they going to win? That's all I heard all week. And I said, you know, if they bring their A game, they can beat them. But the one thing that concerns me is the staff's unwillingness to play Bingham for long stretches and for when Josh is struggling on both sides of the floor to take him off it. I said that probably uh, like 10 fucking times. And down the stretch, what do we see? Josh making bad decisions on offense, getting cooked defensively. Like, it was just so predictable. That was my first thought. when, when And that- complaining about foul calls, I'll say. Like, look, you got to worry about the game in front of you. I mean, UCLA, they had two of their starters and two of the guys that are most effective on the interior. Like, Jules Bernard is not a big guy. 
he picked up his fourth foul. Cody Riley picked up his fourth foul early in the second half, and both yeah. of them completed the game. Like, they didn't worry about that. They understood that they were going to have to have guys like a Mac Etienne and a David Nuba, who, shout out to David Nuba, um, six minutes. I couldn't believe he checked in the game. Job. I couldn't believe he, he checked in the game. I was like, oh, my God. I thought it changed a little bit when you actually took the big off the floor and Michigan State had Hauser in the game and there was a stretch where he was just getting destroyed. What was Hauser's plus minus in the second half? I need to know that. Oh, I don't know. It has to be like minus 13 or 14. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. has to be. They stuck with him like two or three. I've got the NCAA uh, tournament uh, box up. They do not put plus minus for individuals on this box score. But, I mean – I do know How? some of the advanced analytics and some of these websites keep track of that. Like, I would love, I would love to see his plus minus in the second half. I, I know, unfortunately, have like he let up a game, lot. But I'll he have gave to, up a lot of stuff. He I'll go back and I'll stuff. rewatch it, and I'll probably take a peek at that, and I'll let you know because he hit a couple like, shots in the first bad. half. He actually played a decent first half. Yeah, but then second half, like he turned into like, like. Oh. I when that game it. got close, everybody seized up. You could their tell. butts got real tight. You could you see could their butt got tight. I mean, they, they they got that EJ Liddell thing where he just starts tripping and yeah. doing wild, wild stuff. And why isn't like Aaron? Like everything should have been going through Aaron Henry. Like why is Josh Langford driving? I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know, weird. But look, though, like, they cut the lead down to three before the 17-minute mark. Like, that was just not a great start. I'm not sure why you stick to marble. I just think that they should have started the second half with Bingham just just to give Cody Riley fits. Yeah. Don't let him get going. Don't don't give up easy layups. Like, okay, if – if they get back into this game because they are hitting contested jumpers and contested threes, you shake their hand and move on. But you can't just let them just get – you You can't let them beat you from the inside out. And that was their first feed. They gave the ball to Riley, and he gets fouled. Then he gets two free free throws. He makes them both, and, and that just sets up a domino effect. I don't disagree with that. You know, I, we saw some of the same rotational predicaments that we've seen all year, and that kind of played out down the stretch. And then I think that when we got down into crunch time, when the game was really tight, when you go up five like that and there's two minutes left, that's when your point guard comes in, calms the whole team, and ices the game, right? And I think what you saw was Watts looking really, really uncomfortable for long stretches of this game. You know, they didn't really trust Hogard. I know he kind of got tapped in when Watts just finally, you know, basically looked looked like he wanted to be off the floor. Um, but it, it, it came down, I think, into what's been the problem all year is they don't have a point guard on this roster. And on the flip side of it, you saw Tiger Campbell just efficiently running that pick and roll. And they started slicing and dicing him again towards the end of that, you know, end of regulation and into the into the overtime period. And that's what Tiger Campbell said in draft because they didn't have to rely on him to be their secondary scorer because a lot of times with UCLA, they have to rely on Tiger Campbell to be that secondary scorer because either Jaquez or Juzang or Bernard are not making shots. 
tonight, it was basically him being able to run the pick and roll and trusting Juzang and Hawkins to make plays. One thing I want to bring up to you guys, and I think that it was kind of critical in terms of how the game turned, and maybe I'm being a little oversimplistic here. Michigan State was 5 of 9 from beyond the arc in the first half. That was the most points that UCLA had given up in a first half this year. In the second half in overtime, they were 1 of 9. Like, is this something that happens with the Spartans this year? Like, do they yes. just go completely cold yeah. from beyond the arc? Yeah. 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 Very, in, in, very inconsistent all year long. Just offensively in general. I mean, I think you saw, you know, that the pace and the flow that the refs allowed them to play this game was definitely the most aesthetically pleasing game offensively that we've seen in a long time out of this team. I thought the refs really did a, a nice job of just kind of letting them play. And in the Big Ten, we really have not gotten that. It's been a whistle fest for long parts of it. So I was I was pleased about that. I thought, you know, for for a first four game in, coming in like this, the playing game, I mean, you couldn't have asked for better theater. I thought it was a great game all around. It sucks that they end up losing, but, you know, UCLA just ground this one out and and we're the better team. They had the the guys scoring the buckets at the right moments. Um, you know, it took way too long for the staff to put Henry on Hawkes. He They put him on and he got clamped. You didn't hear from him for like three or four minutes. And yeah. then you moved him off Juzang. And, and then Juzang starts the going off. Because Josh yeah. Langford's getting cooked on every guy that's there. So what was the, you know, what was the solution there? I just thought they should have tapped in Gabe Brown down that stretch. Yeah. When you when you saw over and over again that Josh was not capable of staying in front of him, that he was going foul heavy. You needed someone bigger. Yeah, and I think bigger. that his length, at the very least, like Gabe didn't play great defensively today. He got beat at the rim a couple times. But, like, his, his length and his ability to rebound and just, you know, some of the intangibles that he's bringing. Plus, plus he's just a better shooter. He's a more efficient scorer. So, I was disappointed, man. I was disappointed, but – you know, it, I came into this with a thought like it was borderline a win-win situation because this has been an up and down, up and down season, and it's exhausting. I know the fan base is exhausted. I know, you know, the team is exhausted, yeah. and part of me just felt relief. You know, the first thing was just like, you know what, this sucks. I wish we would have won this game, but the other part was relief. Like, just I'm ready to turn the page on this season, and I, I'm sure that there's plenty of other Spartan fans out there that feel the exact same way. Like, yeah, it sucks to lose. Did I want to lose tonight? No, absolutely not. Do I want to see Aaron Henry go out like that? You know, that's what sends me maybe the most, you know, that Aaron Henry doesn't get to go out and at least have a win in the tournament after he basically willed this team to get there. But at the end of the day, like, you know, th- this, this this is going to be a massive offseason for him. There's going to be huge attrition. There, we're we're going to see a lot of turnover on the roster. There's a bunch of young talent coming in. And uh, he's got to attack this offseason hungrily because I think the coaching staff did one of the worst jobs they have in a long time. And, you know, how this team finished is in some regards a reflection of, you know, the, the poor coaching that this staff did this year. David, I went to Northwestern. You lost to Northwestern this year. That's all you need to know. Like, <laughs> if you're talking about Michigan State basketball in a nutshell, the last time that I remember them, and that doesn't necessarily mean this is the case, the last time that I remember Michigan State losing to Northwestern was Draymond Green's senior year. And a guy you've probably never heard of, somebody that Ant played against, Davide Curletti, had like 17 points. Do you remember Davide Curletti, Ant? I do not, know. Uh, well, not a lot of people do. So there you go. 
I think that was like the one game he had in double figures in like his four years. But uh, I'll say this. Watching Michigan State tonight from the Pac-12 perspective, this was a team that looked tougher. But the way that they played in the second half was so indicative of what I'd seen from UCLA down the stretch. What I'd seen from a lot of Pac-12 teams in second halves this season. You know, we're not really here to talk about the University of Utah, but they blew like six second-half leads in conference play. Like, this is not what I expect to see from Tom Izzo. So when you're talking about what Michigan State has to do, it clearly is finding a point guard because the biggest mismatch was Tiger Campbell, as you alluded to, David, on the pick and roll tonight, being able to distribute how he wanted, drive to the hole how he wanted. Uh, I, Michigan State, they just did not look up for the challenge in the second half. That's a little oversimplistic, but the fact that Bingham didn't get as much run in the second half as I thought he would have, like, I'm looking at the minutes. Like, he only played 10 minutes in the second half. I would have played him more. I mean, free throw shooting. I mean, his free throw shooting was good. Like, He's almost an 80% free throw shooter. He's a good shooter. So, yeah, I a lot of the weird. distribution weird. Was, was just weird. It's just, it's just truly strange. Yeah, um, we'll see if Bingham's on the team next year, you know. Yeah, you never I, I know. Think it's a, I think it's a coin flip, you know. How People about have asked me who the attrition's going to be, and there's going to be at least one guy that we wish stayed. And, and if he goes, that's the guy for me because I really think he started flashing it late. And even though he's not finishing as well as I would like him to right around the rim, like that's 20 pounds away where everything just becomes a dunk and it's an and one instead of him going to the free throw line. And I know we've said that for years and years and years, but he's a younger kid for his age. He's only 20 right now. And this is kind of that time where, you know, your body starts developing a little bit more from this 20 to 22 age range. I really think that if they can keep him and just he makes the commitment because it's got to be on him too, but get into the dietitian and literally everywhere that guy goes, he should have a pack full of uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that he's just munching on day in and day out. Um, but I think I think that he could be really good. I just don't know, you know, if somebody else comes calling and says, listen, you played 11 minutes per game for most of this season. Do you want to come play 2025 for us? You right. know, I, I, I couldn't blame him. I certainly wouldn't blame him for considering an offer if that comes down the pipeline somewhere. What do you think about um, Gabe Brown? Oh, man. I mean, like, you know, like. I think he's a program kid. I get his frustration, too. But let me say this. If Josh Langford comes back, if I'm Gabe Brown, I would say thank you very much, but I'll go find a You chuck the deuces. Yeah, you chuck the deuces. Yeah, why would you come back? You want to come back to watch Josh Langford? Because Langford's going to play 25, 30 minutes. He will, and that's the thing. If If you could tell me that Josh could come back and he'll play 15 to 20 minutes per game, and, you know, the staff treats him like a Kyle Arns situation like we had, great. I would more than welcome the veteran leadership for all the youth coming in. But if we're getting ourselves into a position here where, you know, he's going to come back and play 30 minutes per game and take away minutes from Brown and Max Christie and all the rest of it, no thank you myself. That's how I feel about it. Josh, Ben, Brennan, what's up, man? Yo, I just wanted to ask you as a player – 
Um, personally, when I watched that uh, Gabe Brown thing happen, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal as Kenny Smith seemed to completely blow it over in my in in my eyes. As I thought it, I looked at it as two two guys who had a good relationship and were able to kind of like duke it out with each other and be fine. Uh, like you know, five seconds later, like most people are, if you have a good relationship with somebody, what as a player did you see there? Like uh, that's super. I've, I've been wanting to ask that for a long time. So, so first of all, you have to understand that stuff like this happens, right? But the cameras aren't always on. Just like flight, like the cameras weren't on, right? You you have to take okay, take a step back and. Put yourself in a situation where, you know, there's an, there is an inside joke, right? There's an inside joke. You don't, and you're on the outside looking in. You don't get it, right? And it's just confusing. But it's pretty harmless because it's just banter back and forth. You look at what happened on TV. You're on the outside looking in. You don't get it. All you see is this grown man grabbing a player, grabbing him by his jersey, and they're yelling back and forth. From my point of view, from my point of view, I think that I think that this has been boiling in game for a while. I think that he has – I think it just reached a tipping point where, you know, he felt that whether he's always getting reamed out or if something is always his fault – that could wear on you overtime, right? But today, you have a situation where you give up. I'm not sure if they they called it a two or a three. I'm not sure. They called um, it a two. They called it a two. But either way, there was. Uh, I believe Gabe and Malik Hall were talking about that play, right? They and were, then, yeah. and then Izzo comes out of nowhere and he starts going at Gabe. I think Gabe felt disrespected. Because Gabe, I believe, was in a teaching moment pretty much with Malik Hall trying to show his leadership. But then Alpha Pack Dog snaps at a dude who's trying to show the young guy the ropes in a big tournament. Because Gabe has played in big games in the NCAA tournament, right? So I think that was Gabe trying to show a little bit of his leadership. And then when you have Izzo coming in like that, um, that has that's almost pissed him off yeah like that's that just rubs you the wrong way because it's like i'm trying to be this leader i'm trying to do this and you're getting at me when i'm trying to you know give you know you know uh you know give my young man's a lesson and all that i just think it just happened when at the worst possible time at the worst possible time the camera is on him then the camera just follows right it doesn't you don't go to commercials you don't go to you know up in the booth nothing it follows all the way into the hallway um in my opinion that's really unfortunate for everybody involved it's unfortunate for Izzo. it's unfortunate for gay brown so you think uh, it's more of just like a bad look than it is like an actual it's, it's big a, deal it is a it's a bad look without context yeah no bad right. look for without context, like for just a national viewership like i i don't know 
I, I agree it didn't look good. But, like, again, like what you said, when you were posting all your videos and killing me. <laughs> like, the rest of the Big Ten's like, eh, you know, we've seen it. Then the it's National like, we see that shit all the oh time. Oh, my right? God. You know, he should <laughs> never put his hands on a player. I don't disagree with that. But, like, he didn't grab him. He grabbed his elbow after. And I'm sure there was F-words cussing. And then, you know, basically Gabe turned around and said, do you want to fucking do this in front of all the cameras? And then they ran to the locker room to bitch at each other. You know, right. I, I hope that this springs, you know, who, who is the leaders for this team coming into next year? I think that's a really good question and one that you've asked before. Malik Hall is one of those guys for me. And I've heard, you know, just speaking on post-game pressers and stuff that Izzo has said Gabe has been better about kind of leading in some of the huddles and stuff. Like, to me, yeah. maybe this is a moment where he's starting to take some control and some leadership. And does it look great? No. But as long as their relationship's okay, and, and Izzo says, okay, you know, in the in the locker room, he says, my fucking bad, you know, I didn't mean to grab you, or I didn't understand the, the situation there. I, I'm curious to see, because there was originally a switch, and then there wasn't a switch on that second one. So I'm not sure if it was Gabe's fault on that, or if it was Hall who who didn't make the proper switch on it. So, I have to go. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go I'll back and look. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, uh, David or Dave. I don't, I don't know what you prefer, but like that's what I also was kind of thinking about the Big Ten thing. Like we see that all the time with Michigan State. Like there's always a thing where people blow it out of the proportion on Twitter with Izzo yelling or like getting on a guy, and it doesn't really matter. But with the switch thing, I think on TV at least, what the announcers were trying to say is that it was supposed to be a switch. And it was it ended up being uh who uh who's supposed to who's the other guy involved, sorry? Malik Hall and Gabe. Yeah, yeah, Hall Hall was supposed to switch, I think, is what they were saying on at least TV. I don't know. I'd I'd also have to rewatch. My but guess I, is they would have discussed that because they called the timeout to run the offensive play. And typically in that late game situation, what you do is you set up a play and then you say coming back down the other way we're either switching everything or you're hedging and getting back. Mm -hmm. That probably yeah. would have been determined in that huddle, how they were handling the ball screens in that late, late clock situation. Mm -hmm. Also. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of timeouts, I think I tweeted at Ant. What about that timeout late game? That was reminiscent of that Michigan game. Was that a good call to call that timeout? Uh, that was something I, I wanted to talk about. What I'll say with that is, um, I thought that Izzo could have done a better job. Oh, way there. better job. Yeah. David can uh, chime in, but it looked, it pretty much looked like, like if that's what you're going to call and get, you might let as well him just go. let Aaron Henry dribble it out and then just. That's go. what I'm going to, that's what I would have said. If you draw something up for him and you try to get him back on the block, like he had the ball anyway. let him go in the first place. He had right, the ball but anyway, you know. Maybe he just called the timeout to make sure he didn't shoot it too early, and then he shot it too early anyway. So, Dude, he called timeout and bitched at the ref immediately. Like, 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 bro, it's a tie game. Win the game, bro. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I didn't catch that. Oh, Doug, yeah. he called timeout, left the huddle, and to go to half court and yell at people. That's exactly why I tweeted that at you. I think you liked it, but, like, I was I was watching it and I thought that it was going to be a game like easy like he's calling timeout he's got something ready to go and then Aaron Henry throws up an air ball somebody on a, just like, said in the huddle Josh, I'm sorry in the text that Josh said he's done 
Oh, wow. Oh, did he really? Yeah, that's what somebody said. Who who caught that? Sean, Sean <laughs> Kaseki. Wait, what sorry happened? About that. Uh, Josh, no, like, Josh uh, Langford said he's done. Oh, wow. The direct quote is, this is my last game at Michigan State. This is tough. Oh, oh damn. Did he transfers? Oh, my God. Transfers? Why would he transfer? <laughs> I mean, he's got another year. Transfers for a I was out tweeting there. with Carter during this game about Josh. You should have seen some of the tweets. I'm going to have to DM you some of the tweets. Oh, and, and if he transfers for a six year at a different school, that'd be crazy. Come on. Uh, he leaves with his masters. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he leaves with his masters and gets the second one. If Stanford <laughs> says, come on through, why would you not go? Exactly. Like, what? That's what I'm saying. Shit. I'm t- I'm trying to find this shot. I fifth top. I think I found it. Hold on, give me a second. I want to find that. I want to find that quote. I'm so it's everywhere. Okay, so it looks like it was a pick and roll with. Uh, it was a pick and roll with Malik Hall and Gabe Brown. Hold on, let me see if I could. I'm gonna play this. Oh, one. you're looking for that. Uh, the I'm the looking screen. at it right now. Yeah. All right, so it looks like there's a little. Little, it's a slip. Oh, that's on Gabe. Is it? That's on Gabe. Yeah, that's on Gabe. That's is on it, Gabe. Is, but, is it on Gabe? But if, if Gabe only but calls switches, or if it Gabe, did look to me like he 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 didn't get back on that one. When I watched it live, I thought Gabe was the person at fault. But he slipped it because he slipped the screen. Usually, if you slip it, you stay with yours. So Where? that's on Gabe because yeah, so I can watch it. Lee Call is guarding the ball, and Gabe's man doesn't even hit Malik. So what are you switching? Yeah, that's that's on Gabe. That's on Gabe, bro. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Well, what's up? So there was two things that I noticed that really killed me. It was about I think I think the score was seventy-seven, seventy-four. And there was about 40 seconds left, and Rocket Watts takes a three relatively early in the shot clock when we should have been burning time. And then, was that the air ball three? It might have been. Or was that a different when, one? And then it might have been that one. I'm not sure. But then after that, that's when the the guy I'm not sure his name, guy from UCLA who had like 27 points, came down and got the and Jacquez. one and tied the game at 77. <laughs> hey, Jacquez. Jacquez. The, yeah, the second thing was is when Joey Howard. I think it's Hawkins. It's Hawkins. Yeah, it's Hawkins. We just say Jacquees. And then Howard <laughs> threw a relatively Jacquees. bad entry pass to uh, what's his name, Aaron Henry, and he tried to dribble the pass instead of just catching it. And that was forty seconds left in overtime when they were down three, and that was really the two big turning points that cost MSU the game. Hauser shouldn't have even been in the game in the first place at all. Not at all. Shouldn't have been. With the way he was playing, he should not have been in the game. Liability. Tough, man. I'm like partially relieved that Josh that Josh said that this is his last game. I can't believe that. I thought there was a there were like a ninety percent chance he was going to come back. I swear to God, Ant. He could be emotional too. So I'm not. Uh, he's I, the quote. The direct quote is this: "The last game." I'm. Or let me get it for you. Hold on. Yeah, but it's right after the game. Like we'll see. 
It's my last college basketball game for Michigan State. I know you're emotional after the game, but there's not a whole lot of. Yeah, but what's he gonna do? What's it? Where's he gonna go? Like, what is like? What's his? He's gonna play over up somewhere. Yeah, he's gonna. Can he? I think he can go some. There's so many different leagues. Over yeah, there. you're right. There's you're different right. variations. Like Kenny Goins is over. Yeah, there. like the ACC, out. the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, but we, can we talk about the in the room? <laughs> the Big East. That's <laughs> a bad. That's a bad. De, DePaul. Oh, man, the, the ACC. DePaul with the brand new Range Rover. <laughs> yeah, Wake Forest. Here he comes, bro. Oh man. I don't understand that why was Marcus great. Bingham doesn't play more either. That really bothered me. Marcus Bingham. Okay, can we talk about the three-minute span where Marcus Bingham looked like Dikembe Mutombo? Had uh, like <laughs> six blocks. And, like, yeah. yeah, he was nasty today, man. He yeah, was, it was kind of cool to see Lonzo Ball dominate against um, Draymond Green, too. Uh, that I, one didn't hit. The that silence one didn't was hit, really bro. loud right yeah, there. Yeah, that one didn't hit. <laughs> Let's hey, let's get some tomatoes in the chat, man. <laughs> yeah, that that one didn't hit. It was a good try, that but that one didn't in hit. The chat, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, man. But we gonna run these tomatoes in the chat. <laughs> oh God. Um, hold on. Where's where's? Yeah, Bingham had three blocks, but like. He had I mean, three blocks, but it was in like he had a lot of man. shot alterations today. Yeah, man. he did. Yeah, he did. He has he a lot of shot alterations. I know his numbers aren't going to be like sexy here if you're a box score watcher and you didn't get to watch him play down the last like ten games of the stretch. But he clearly was the second best player, probably behind Aaron Henry on this team, in my opinion, with his impact on the defensive end of the floor. Agreed. Yeah, so when when bad. especially when especially when Michigan was like looked like they were just going to blow him out. Uh, Bingham was a big reason for that. Bingham looked like he was just dominant. Like he looked like he was like a, like one of the best centers in the Big Ten. He's, he's. I mean, I don't, I'm really not, but like he looked. And like, he played, <laughs> and he played well today against against a pretty good big in Cody Riley, and and I think a big part of that is because Bingham has gone up against, in my opinion, um, the best big man group conference. Uh, that the country has seen in a, in a, yeah. in a long, long time. Um, Good point. Very, very Went deep. Against a bunch of different guys that score in different ways and a bunch yeah. of brute strength guys and guys that can face up and all the rest of it. And good. Like, they can score. And these dudes aren't some gumps. Yeah. You know? I, I, uh, I just saw a good que- Like, uh, I just saw a good question. Does Michigan go uh, grad transfer? For some guards, or do they stay young? Oh, yeah. They They're going to go grab a, a veteran. In They're the definitely – they have to, right? Guard port. Uh, Michigan State? I don't know what Watts is going to end yeah, up Yeah, MSU. Doing. Okay. I'm not sure what Watts is going to end up doing. I think that's – you know, I've heard rumors from people that are somewhat close to it that say that he still has a desire to pursue some type of professional option. I don't know what Next that would be. Next year? Listen, this is this is just what I'm hearing. I don't okay. know if that would be him going over to Europe to play or him trying to do it in the G League or what. But um, I've heard I've heard that that is a strong consideration still. But I think it's if you've seen anything, particularly this game, it's very clear that they need a guard. Yeah, they need a guard. They need a ball handler, especially. What about like uh, you know my boy Fats Russell? <laughs> that would be huge. Twitter's favorite. Man, please no, please no, 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 no. 
I do not want that. Why not? Um, I do is Bats know Russell that, good? I haven't watched him at all. I haven't watched any tape. I mean, he, is he a good player? For sure. But, he, like, very inefficient, crazy from three, shots. I, I saw. Yeah, he's, like, terrible from three, right? He takes a lot and he doesn't make a lot. Right. So Another rocket watch. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you've been paying attention to these guys who are tweeting about the transfer portal every 20 minutes, it feels like um, there's always follow-ups on who's already reached out to them. And Michigan state has, has been mentioned with almost every single transfer portal guy. So unlike last year where they were really honing in on just a couple of guys and if they got them, then eh, if they did, then awesome. This year, it seems like they are, um, they're kind of doing, what Jawan did last year for the point guard and the shooting guard spot, every point guard and shooting guard Michigan reached out to. Um, and you kind of see that now with Michigan state, there are certain positions that they are eyeing pretty hardcore and that's their big spot. And that's their guard spot. Um, anyone who's transferring out Mich- Michigan state is reaching out to them. So if that's the case, there's going to be some attrition in those areas. So just keep an eye out for that. I'll say this, that at the beginning of the year, I thought that they needed to get a big coming into this next off season. And now that we have finished the season, I don't feel that way. If they retained the same big room and they ran the rotation somewhat similar. And I, I think Maddie Sissoko is going to take a jump this off season, probably at least be fighting for marbles minutes. Um, you know, I think that the room is probably okay. And I, I, that would have been blasphemy at the beginning of this season. It's come a long, long way. If we're going to, you know, bash the staff, which I've done quite frequently this season, the one thing that I will credit them is defensively and just generally that entire center room has gotten progressively better as the season continued. David, is there anybody that you specifically are looking at that is in the transfer portal already that you just like kind of want them to target or is that just kind of like a let it play out type of I'll look over the next few weeks as guys kind of start getting into it and they're they're discussing it but like if you're asking me what's my ideal situation it's a guy that is you know 6162 is a ball handler and can shoot 35% from 3 you know, I, I think Akins is going to be able to come in and make an impact freshman year. Absolutely. Easily. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Akins. I'm, I'm sure. a huge Jaden Akins slappy. But we have never really seen point guard come in and play 30 minutes for Tom Izzo as a freshman. Uh, you know, so I think that he, is he going to play like 15 minutes early and then maybe towards the end he's playing in the 20s. Like he's going to be – He's going to be so far above what they have for the point guard position currently. And defensively, I think that he's going to hold up pretty well as well. Um, but do they 100% hand him the keys to the castle? I wish they would because I think – Probably not, though. Three is a developmental year regardless. But I don't think that after the way that this season is gone, Izzo wants to take it that way. And so for me, I think that they will get some type of veteran guard to at least patch over that point guard spot until they can move into next year. There's, 20, no one in, there's no one in mind right now, though? I mean, they were linked, I think, talking to that Northeastern kid. I think Tyson Walker is his name. There's mm-hmm. a lot out there, dude. Yeah, there's, there's, I, I've, seen, I've seen so many, so many rumors. Every transfer, everybody from Michigan State is just like, yeah, this guy, we're in the running for them. So 
I don't, I, mean, I don't know if you had any other insight. That's why I asked. Because... I think that that will heat up in this next month and I will have a better idea because I'll reach out to some people that will be part of that process. And hopefully mm-hmm. I'll have some indication of who at least is like on the front burner for them trying to get them in. Cause thus far we've seen what Al Durham, that Tyson Walker kid, uh, John Harar. I think those are the three that come off the top of my head. So like, so, like those were some of the first guys that have entered into the portal. Like if Myron Jones is out there still, like I know he doesn't, he's not quite filling that gap for like a ball handler per se. But like, I I really really like Myron Jones's game. I would definitely knock at his door. Like I, it just depends on how many people leave the roster and what positions you have to still be able to fill. I think it's truly open season. Like if you look at how the NCAA is. Um, is approaching this where these guys are free to free to transfer after you know there's like that one free transfer year. Um, this is going to impact a lot of high school classes as well. Where why would why would you as a program you know would you rather take an 18 year old senior out of high school have them lift and mm-hmm. this yeah. and all that, or would you rather take this dude who's been in a college program for two years, who's ready Who to has tape. You know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of schools are going to change the way that, that uh, they recruit. And honestly, I think this is going to make uh, college basketball more competitive down the road uh, because you're going to have more mid-majors are getting some of these four-star guys because these top programs are, are trying to get other top programs transfers and all that stuff. So I think, I think this is going to even out the playing field just a just a just a tad bit, just a tad bit. Um, DK, you said that the the bigs got better throughout the year. Um, do you think they got like? What do you think was more important, them getting better, or the fact that Izzo Wait, holy shit, took this all is their DK? minutes and redistributed them? Mm, that's a good question. I think a little bit of both. Um, I would say maybe five weeks ago, Marble was a complete turnstile in terms of like giving up points to the paint. I think they yeah. clearly made an emphasis to start being more physical and just say like, we've got five fucking centers. Why don't we just start fouling guys if we can't keep in front of them? So it was some of what of a philosophy change in that. But I would say generally speaking, I thought defensively they did get better as a unit. Um, and the guy that I, you know, was super high in coming to the year, I just didn't watch enough film. I watched highlights and that was a mistake on my part. I thought Matty Sissoko would have stolen more minutes as the year went on, but from the moment that he stepped on the floor early and kind of looked like almost like a newborn giraffe until what he kind of ended up as, and it's not perfect yet. He's not quite there, but his hands and his feet started coming together. He caught that like quick entry pass in this game. And I know he didn't dunk that kind of got caught under the rim and he tried to dunk it up on the other side and he got blocked from the top there. But like, I think his hands and feet are coming together. He's playing pretty decent defense. Like to me, he took strides in terms of how he was like actually looking on the court on both sides. Um, And I, I I don't know. We'll just kind of have to see that shakes out. But if if TK plays like zero minutes and those are the three centers that you have entering into next season, like, I feel pretty comfortable out that room. I wish you maybe had a little bit better offensive option. But I think that with some of the shooting coming in, with some of the scoring that you're going to have, 
you really just need a really solid defensive guy and a guy that can finish some dunks. And I think between Sissoko and uh, Bingham, you're going to have that defensive present. And then Marvel kind of gives you a little bit of scoring punch um, in a variety of different ways. You know, I think that mid-range jumper for him is something he can continue to develop. Marty needs to have a huge offseason. Well, he didn't really get one, right? And I think he has a chance to because he's so raw. I feel so like raw. every single year he's going to build so much on his game because he just started playing basketball, what, like four years ago? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he so his his ceiling is very, very high. It's just a matter of how he attacks it um, and, you know, you know, you know, who's training him as well to, to make sure that he's doing the right things and all that and being taught the right way. I've been saying this all year. TK needs to be an Oakland transfer. <laughs> TK? Did he play tonight? No. No, he didn't play. That's the best thing about today. He stepped on the floor and, that man five was, and that's it. And that man was starting games in the Big Ten. Dude. It was a joke. I didn't I didn't get it for one second. Biggest embarrassment. And my Todd. man Bingham can't even can't even sniff the fourth roll. That's wild. It was unbelievable. Uh, an, another question I had was, uh, what was that foul at the end of the game by MSU on UCLA? Was that like a – do you think that they meant to do that? Or was that just kind of like a ticky-tack thing that happened? Did they mean to foul Cody Riley? I, I believe – I don't think it was – Would Malik Hall foul him? It was a three-point game. There was about 14 seconds left on the Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Game. That's what I'm talking Rizzo about. when the timeout was yelling to them, no fouls. So I, I didn't exactly. get that either. Yeah, it was that – did that did that mean – was that like supposed to be a strategic thing or did that I just I think happen? they fouled him because he was a 66% free throw shooter. That's the only thing I can – Get out of that. I think so too. I, think I thought because... they should have extended the game anyways. Myself, I didn't really like the decision to put it down to 15 seconds, down three. So yeah, I, so I would've... like, yeah, so like, here's here's the thing: if they had gotten the ball in, into one of their better free throw shooters' hands, then they wouldn't have fouled. But right. but they were like, hey, look, foul, uh, foul number two. If don't do not foul number three, four, zero, or one, don't foul those guys. But if this guy catches it uh, with over eight seconds left in the uh, shot clock, foul him right away. So that was uh, that was them taking a risk. I believe so. And okay. honestly, it was a pretty good one. I think he went one for two. Yep, and um, they got the offensive rebound on one of them. I think. Did they? No, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking about game. a different one. No, you're thinking about when uh, Jaquay's got that offensive yep, rebound. Yep. Yeah, that was at the end of the game. Yep. Yeah, that was the towards the end. Jaquiz. Jaquiz, yeah, sorry, not Jaquiz. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the guy was a 70% free throw shooter, and they were in the double bonus. I mean, why not play Was he a 70%? Yeah, he's 70%. Like, why, why are you not playing oh. it out? I thought that and was And there was only really 10 dumb. seconds on the shot clock, too. No, there, there, there was – right. And there was a 15-second difference. Like, just get a stop, and then you're down three, and you can figure out something to do. And they had a timeout. It didn't make re- any sense. I, I would need to re-look at the play-by-play, but I think you might be right. You're probably right, I, I was right, pretty actually. locked in on it. He's a, he was a 70% yeah. free throw shooter and made one of two. And him only making one of two, like, okay, I mean, that's a four-point game now. It's two possessions. It changes the complexion of everything. Just get a stop. Drake, Drake, your, your, your point is assuming that they had a strategy down the stretch, which it didn't seem like they did. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ashley, you're taking shots, huh? Actually, shots fired, Ashley. Shots fired. I I got okay. I'm sorry, and I'm gonna be. I'm I I have I came in with a single. So 
Isos, does he not see what he's on the edge? I thought he looked a little erratic. <laughs> I'm like, look, he looked so disheveled. He looked like he was a little maybe flushed in the face. Like, he did not seem like what you would want somebody to say. Watch this to. season. I mean, some of it no, was. No, I ha- no, I, I, I'm coming. This was the culmination of. I, <laughs> That's what and, I'm and saying. I, I, I think there was that... partial relief on his part, too, just to be done with the season. I, I think part of that it that... is like, I. the thing is, okay, I'm a Michigan fan, so clearly, but, you know, like, Sparty, I, I feel like I root against them in the moment, but then I feel so so, so sad about it when, whenever the result happens. Because I do care for the kids because they're from my state, and, and I love those kids. And But I'm sorry, what the heck was he doing grabbing that kid? Like, Don't keep keep your hands to yourself. His composure is oh, he didn't really telling grab that it, it was more of a It was more of a tug. It was no, more of a state sorry. here. No, 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 don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not acceptable. Keep your hands to yourself is one of the first rules you learn in preschool. And and I'm thinking that Imani Bates' mom watching that game, you think she wants to send her son to that, to be that leader of men? I don't think Izzo's thinking about Imani Bates in the middle of a game, but like... <laughs> he should be. I mean, I, I mean be, honestly, know. like... Honestly, like I, I mean, I've had coaches. I've had coaches grab me by my shirt and pull me into them. It's wrong. And, like, yell sorry, at me. Don't, it's just like in football when they grab your face mask and pull you to their face. I don't think it's Gosh, that much. I don't think. Of a okay, difference. so I, I understand what you're saying, Gosh, but it's wrong. Like honestly, like nobody should put their hands on you unless it's a in an, an instructional role. That was not that case there. It was wrong, and maybe I'm the only one in the room, so I'm the one that's thinking about it from that perspective, but. It was actually assault. I mean, it, it was wrong, and he did it out of assault it wasn't is out of No, when you put your hands on someone in an unwanted manner, that's assault. Like, sorry, but if you, he wasn't composed. He clearly was. He was angry, angry, and I don't know. I, I guess y'all are. I feel like so. I'm the only one that thinks that that was just like a side of the game. Like from that minute, I knew where Michigan State was going to go with the game. And that I mean, was in my, in, in my in opinion, I, in my opinion, Schultz assault a is a strong point. word. Oh, I think it might. Was, I mean, you, you might be right about the run. turning point part, but I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't, assault I don't think is it, quite a reach. It's not a yeah, reach. Yeah, I, I think it's assault not, is quite okay. a reach. He's his coach. He's his coach. He's an authoritative figure to him. I mean, like, did you ever get spanked as a child? I don't think that's assault. I mean, like, it's <laughs> it's an authoritative figure. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It showed. It demonstrated that. He was totally out of control with his own emotions and feelings and actions. And that showed and that demonstrated it throughout it, it, it manifested itself throughout the rest of the game and that actually was a turning point for UCLA, like also as well. If you think about it, that's when the game turned around. It was one and a half time. What do you got to say, sure. Jack? I mean, I just don't understand how someone can say that this is assault. <laughs> Or something like that. Like, has this woman ever played sports before? Like, I, I mean, he's well, not well, grabbing well, people. Or it's getting spicy. Let me finish. That, now let me finish, that, and you can, you can, you can come at me after I'm done. Because what you're saying, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm, no, I'm trying to protect fin- you from finish, yourself, you though, because you're, you're about to I'm say done. some things that I think are going to be really sexist. That, so I just want to make sure you. I, I, I'm not saying I'll just, sexist. I'm saying, I'm saying about sports. It has nothing to do with men or women. This was a situation 
where his player came at him and he came back and, and no one, unless they have played sports at a high level, understands the emotion and the intensity that goes through it. And I'm not even, I'm a Michigan grad. I hate Michigan State. But this is not a situation where it was an assault. And to say that word is is just, it's beyond, it's to the point, and I hate the term cancel culture and all that stuff, but that's to the point of it. You're talking about assault, like 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 Izzo threw a right hand punch at the guy. This is coaching. So Stop let me ask it. you. I'm so sorry. Wait, wait, wait. You said someone has played sports at a high level. What's the high level of sports that you play? Because you're not I, demonstrating any sports knowledge. I played What's football that? at Grand Valley State. Okay. Yo, GBSU, let's go. Go Lakers. Okay, okay, baby. Couple... <laughs> I mean, what, what we've had your... several people that that. Hold on. So, first of all, no, no, no. Time, time out, time out, time out. Jack, Jack, you need to apologize for your comments in the chat, man. You're out of line. You're. Excuse me? For what? You're out of line. You can't be calling, uh, especially women, you cannot be calling them the B word, man. That was out of line. Okay, you, you, you're trying you to take this, for, you're Jack, trying to take Jack, this conversation you, off the no, track. No, you had your opportunity. And, and it's speak, not and about that. Jack? Hey, Aunt, get this under control. Yo, aunt, yo, aunt, check the yeah, trail, Yeah, can we man. clean this up real quick? Sorry, guys. That don't go crazy. No, this like, is getting a little bit too much for a discussion. Uh, it's not about that. You're trying to take a... the conversation Oh, man, I'm not going to stand for it. You're not going to say that to her. I'm not going to stand no, for you're, it. No, you're, you're trying to take the conversation off No, the I'm going to take it there. I'm going to take about. it there. No, no, <laughs> you cannot say that to her. <laughs> Aunt's like, what? You're out of line. I mean, what Lee's saying is facts. Um... You don't need me to acknowledge that, like you. You don't call women a bitch. Like that's just straight up. Like you just can't. You just can't do that. Like the the whole point of locker room is to get away from the toxicity. You know what I mean? And we're here vibing. There's Michigan fans in here, Michigan State fans in here, possibly other college fans in here. People are listening in. Pe- people are reading chat. You know, leave all the toxicity. Okay, to cool. I'll apologize it. for it. I'll apologize for it. Uh, now, address what I said. This person has not played a high yo, level say, sport. Apologize first. Don't say all. I did. I apologize for it. I'm sorry that I used that term. I did not mean to offend anyone. But this this person has not played a high level sport, and I think anyone in this chat that has can say unequivocally. That what happened happens all the time behind closed doors. It just happened to happen on national television. And I think Ant, more than anyone, can tell you that for a fact. I think most people agree that, that I mean, this obviously this whole thing is going to get blown out of proportion. We've seen it at halftime of the game. I I think but everyone Justin, is here. To- Justin, why, why is it getting it blown out of proportion? Because this happens to Izzo. Uh, wait, ho, ho, wait on. And I'm a Michigan alum. I hate Michigan State. But this doesn't happen repeatedly. There was an Aaron Henry incident that happened that has already been discussed over and over. No, it's not just with Aaron Henry. It's no, I mean, more I mean, times dude, I mean, yo, yo, Lee, you can look at, you can look at Juwan yelling at Livers and them getting into no, that, that's, right. that's fine, thing. that's fine. Yeah, I know, I, I get that, but 
even Jawan, after that, he got the same treatment from the media and questioning stuff, and Isaiah and Jawan both had to come out and say it was a big deal. And so did Aaron Henry and Tom Hezzo. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying it comes with the territory. When you, when you, like Ant was saying earlier, it's just, it's not about the action. It's just that it's a bad look. It's a that's bad, all it is. It's yeah, a bad it look. look right. Yeah, we can say that. Well, that's like, not the point. The optics. That's what we're trying to say. Is the optics shouldn't matter when we all know the people in here that have played any kind of high level of sports. Does the optics don't matter? That we know it what's going matter. on. It does matter. We have a lot matter. of people watching. Who does it matter to? The fan it base. It matters. The casual. No, fans. no, no. It matters to. The, the viewing audience. There's kids it doesn't matter to are... the players. It doesn't matter it does. to the players does. playing there. It, does. it, does. it doesn't There's matter to the recruits watching. going there. It does. It does. You're, no, you're, it does not. You're, you're ignorant to the fact. You're just not. You're looking at it from your own perspective. I'm looking at it from perspective that someone was recruited both Division One and Division Two, and I'm telling you that doesn't matter. It, it does, does matter. not matter. Yeah, it might bro, not matter, but it's borderline. It's borderline. It's just annoying at this point. Yeah, it was too physical. He didn't have to reach for him. Reach for what? Like, is it? You gotta watch the full. Did you see the whole interaction? He he pulled on 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 the gay brown kid. He pulled on him. He was grabbing his shirt to talk to him, and he walked away. So it made it look right. like both wrong. Yeah, they were right. Both he wrong. didn't assault him for crying out loud. He grabbed his shirt when he was walking away. Like to talk about it like it's an assault is it? It's preposterous, and it's just. Flat out to to just boil it down, stupid. Yo, I mean, it was, good, it was a good game. Go Bruins! Yeah, I got a question for you. Change the subject a little bit. A little such. Had to bad. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously disappointing season. But just I, I thought this was pretty interesting. Rank rank these like most disappointing to least. Um, Rocket Watts season, Joey Hauser's, um, Josh Langford's, or. Tom Izzo's coaching performances through the out the year. And Those four. Question. Um, Hauser's number one for me. Yeah, well, I, I think it's so close all the way around. I thought he was going to be a complimentary piece. I agree with that completely. Wait, wait. Is first. this Rocket's second, second or third? Second. 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 Yeah. He, he didn't pan out. Yeah, Hauser looked like he yep. might be the missing piece, and then he turned out to be Really a missing piece. Yo, by the way, I, I'm a, I'm a student at Marquette, so like I watched Hauser like a lot. Like went to like all the games pretty much his uh, freshman season. Let's go like, Milwaukee, baby. He he was they got the wrong uh, a lot better than he was here at uh, Michigan State. I don't know how, but he got a lot worse. Like dude was like a well, he had, he had a point guard. He had Marcus yeah. Howard on right taking a ton of looks, and he had open shots because Marcus Howard put a ton yes. of press defense. It's a completely different situation. I'm not ready to give up on Hauser yet. Um, did he have disappointing stretches this season? Yes. Was he overhyped by the coaching staff? 100%. Do I think that he would have been like the missing piece to that 2019 roster? Yes. But does he need more help around him? He's like a fourth option to me. Like on a on a decent team, he's like a third or fourth option they kind of asked him to be like maybe like a third this year. And I thought that probably was a bit of a stretch and he needed a true point guard. I think if you're looking at the, you know, the one player on the roster who maybe needed a true point guard the most, yeah, that was Hauser. you get him in those pick and roll situations and you have a legitimate shooting point guard 
that's getting downhill or that's capable of, you know, scoring when they get into the paint and he, he's drawing attention. Like he's going to be a beneficiary next year of Jaden Akins and, and whoever else they get. But to go back to your original question, number one for me is the staff. I think that this was one of the Agreed. worst the staff has ever had. Uh, Rockets got to be two who probably Josh three for me, even though my expectations were different. And part of the reason why I was disappointed was mostly because the staff played him too much. And so I, it's hard for me to like, you know, criticize Josh for, you know, playing a role that he was being asked to do, which was over what he was body was capable of doing it. Um, but I, you know, agreed. I, I don't know if you can really oppressed. fault Langford for his, his play, especially coming off for of the fact that he finished out years. the year, I think is yeah. like special. Exactly. Like he finished out the year, didn't get dinged up all that much that he showed. I thought that, you know, he really, you know, it showed that he was really committed and he put the work in to get back to to the point where he can be um, a starter on a good team. And so that was, uh, um, that was at least good to see. Does Foster crack your top four? Is he, is he number five? Because, <laughs> no, I mean, again, he shouldn't have been playing. So I don't where does, think where does Foster year. play next year? Wait, where does Foster play next year? Him, in, him and fifth year go to Oakland. Loyola Marymount. <laughs> Hey guys, Grand Valley. Hey Grand guys, Valley. not to be the elephant in the room or anything, but I, I asked this question in chat, and I really—I don't mean to be all first take about it or anything, but I really want to know your guys' honest opinion. Could this be? And I'll preface this with saying that that Bates could could come. He might. I don't. Not. Think I mean, they- if they open it up, if they open it up, he's not coming. He's going. He's going to be the first pick. If he does, he's one and done. But could this be the beginning of the end of Tom Izzo at Michigan State? And I really want you guys' no. opinion. No, I'm, no really if we cool. had no, the tournament last so. year, if we had the tournament last year, that was a Final Four caliber team. And I know it doesn't always work out that way. You know, who knows what would have happened? But like, would we be in this position where we're just like so frustrated and over the top with this season? I'm talking more about next year and what would they have coming through. Like, I think, I think if we would, they've got some role. legit dudes. We have a nice they got, yeah, yeah, I think we Jay would Nakin's need another. Coming through. Jay Nakins could very well be a stud. I mean, there, it's need, not beginning event. No, hopefully not. I think we would need another couple of mediocre seasons like four some bad staff to realize it's like a d'antonio effect sort of thing that we saw nearing the end that's of his a really run. good but that's i don't a think really it's anywhere but, but it's also, also still recruiting at a high level d'antonio just like quit fell off he just stopped yeah he just stopped trying altogether yeah well um, i'll say this that if fans think that it's a hundred percent just going to be like a, a non bumpy path next year. I think that they're crazy. I think we're going to find ourselves in a situation where will they be in the top half of the conference in the top seven? Yes. I think they're going to have enough talent and a lot of teams are going to lose, you know, pretty significant talent along the way. But is it like guaranteed to be fighting for a big 10 title right back? Here? Are we all assuming that Desunmu and Colburn and GoPro? Yes. yes. Super's going for sure. Yeah. I would guess Coburn as well. Yeah, that that's I knew Desunmu's going for sure. I think he's top five. Um I think Coburn probably could be top ten. I guess it, he looks like a, a herald kinda from the Lakers, but I didn't know what you guys think of, of 
if they're both going or not. I will probably be somewhere between a late first and the early second. Wouldn't you agree with that, Ann? I'd say, I say yes. Um, him in the mask. It's he's he's him not in the mask. He's not, I love it. He's not playing the same. He's playing a little bit different. Um, especially with I was, however, with Cabello the on the court. Thing, just to, to to make that clear. Um, I think I think Kofi has a has a shot to get drafted. There's not much more that Kofi can do, and he's already a lot older. Uh, I think he's going to be 22 this September. He's like 29. Yeah, he's very very old. <laughs> um, so I mean, he probably goes. Dasumu probably goes. Um, what's going to help this this Michigan State team out next year is having a legit non conference. Uh, where you know Hogard isn't playing, you know his first big minutes against freaking Purdue, you know what I, you know what I mean. He gets to play those big minutes against a Northwestern State, or he play he plays those big minutes against Binghamton, something like that. Just 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 to get him going, he's getting experience against good Big Ten teams, like um, William and, and you know and like throwing a kid in the fire isn't always a good thing. And I think that could have hurt some of his confidence. Um, but, you know, playing 12 to 13 games away from the Big Ten is going to help out not only the, the freshmen from this year, but Brooks, Christie, and Aikens when they come in next season as well, too. What are you guys' feelings on Curbelo from Illinois? Because I absolutely love that kid. Mini Lonzo Ball. He can – he yes. can't he, – That kid's he can't nasty shoot as fuck. Yeah, that he can't mad. shoot it, but he's a bit erratic. Um, but he but he gets where he wants a, to go on the court, player. bro. He's high IQ. He's an exciting player. Yeah, he gets he gets where he wants to go on the court, and he's always a pass first guy, but he can also score. I feel like he's their X factor, man. When he's going, they're kind of unstoppable. Yeah, it's tough because you're gonna need three legit guards. To play defense on Curbelo, Frazier, and Dosumu, and when it comes to Curbelo, he he can score at maybe two levels. But Frazier, I mean, he's he's tough as nails, and Dosumu, you know, he's tough as nails as well too. So, you know, who do you put your third worst defender on? And the big man, you know, yeah, and like you just can't you can't hide guys. Who do you guys think has? the best chance out of the obvious ones of the Big Ten to do well in the tournament. Because when I was filling my bracket out, and I think we all agree that the Big Ten's been the best obvious conference this year, but there's a lot of roadblocks for the Big Ten this year in the bracket. And the farthest I have somebody going is kind of a swap between Illinois and Iowa. And I just feel like Illinois is in a tough region. Like, that, yeah, they sure are. I mean, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, like those are really, really good teams. And I think Michigan is in the weakest region, but I think they have the worst eight nine matchup. Yeah, yep. they have the worst next round with the four with Florida State. Also. I think the winner of that round of thirty two is set up very, very nicely. Yeah, agree. Got to be LSU. Well, let's not let's not overlook. Uh... Southern Texas Southern. Well, if I mean, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. Anything they were awful. Middle Tennessee was. <laughs> but I just feel I mean... like Winthrop could beat Purdue. I think that Ohio State has a tough bracket. I think Iowa can get to the Elite Eight pretty easily because Kansas is depleted a little bit with COVID stuff. Yep. I, I really don't know how that's going to end up playing out because I don't know the time. USC limit. beats Kansas. I just that's can't wait for the Iona-Alabama game. You really don't Rick Pitino? Rick, I want to see Rick Pitino versus Nate Oates badly. I need it. <laughs> Rick Pitino is probably warming up his players with some strippers. So I don't know. <laughs> he's, wor- he's, wor- he's warming up at the local restaurant with the strippers. Yeah, he, he's at the local. He's at the local strip, bro. <laughs> I well, got some good games tomorrow, tomorrow man. There's some good Jasper. games tomorrow. Off yeah. track, but who do we think is going to coach Indiana next year? John Beeline. Yeah, John Beeline for saying. sure. Yeah. Uh, how long have I been saying that? Yeah, You've been saying that for time. like a year now. You've been saying it for a year. Where's D-Line's family live? Uh, believe in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah Michigan, Michigan still in Ann Arbor. But still, he. I mean, like, I, I mean, I see him going Big Ten, but like, it just, been saying it that sucks. For a year. It's super weird Solid. for him to go Big Ten. <laughs> I would love it. Give it to me, please. It'd be a great storyline. It. It'd be a great. He story needs. Line. John Beeline needs to go to a program. If he, if he's gonna go to a program like that, he has to go to a program that he can get like super jump started in two years. He's not on like a six year program anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think he could do that though with Indiana. I think so too. Indiana is like a Big Indiana. Ten school that people like the Big Ten because the conference is strong. Players want to show their like worth. And Beeline's like a kind of guy that can do that. Like he he's a great coach. Like I think he's gonna be able to do that. I don't know with 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 Indiana. Does he want to coach though? Yes, yeah, he does. yeah, he does. Have you yes, watched Big Ten Network? That dude wants to coach badly. Yes, yeah, you get does. him out of the studio. I though. just feel so good watching him when after a Michigan win on the Big Ten Network. It just feels so right. <laughs> you can see him salivating. He wants yeah, to right? coach so bad. <laughs> His analysis is, on things is very crazy. competitive. Like yeah, he, he is very he likes competitive. It. He's very competitive, bro. But classy guy. I wish him the best. I mean, yeah, you played under him. You'd know. I mean, yeah, dude is very, very competitive. Um, and I've said this before, but I think one of the main reasons he wants to get back into 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 coaching, I will not be surprised um, if he gets his son back into it as yes. well. Yes. Yep. Um, because Ash. you guys know about the the drama at Niagara, uh, he yeah. hasn't coached since Greg. Yeah, Greg Paul yeah. What happened? Wait, there. what? Can you remind me of what exactly happened? I can't Pat remember. Exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speculate. Yeah, it was family stuff. What was the What was the like rumor though? I can't I'm not remember. Gonna speculate. Okay. I'm not gonna speculate. If you don't want to say it, then it's fine. No, I can, but I, I think, can Google I think it. But Beeline definitely wants to get his kid back into. It's out there. I mean, it's out there. I remember. Not even on like staff. Just like, just like a director of basketball ops or director of player personnel. Something like or it doesn't even guy, have to be you know, an assistant coach. Yeah, let him order the food in the final ten seconds. That's director of basketball ops right there. There we go. <laughs> Boom. Done deal. Um, but I do think he, he wants to get him back into it. So when Beeline retires for good here in like several years, um, it leaves it leaves Pat back on track uh, to um, 
to still realize his goals as a Division One high major basketball coach. And, and I have a question. If Indiana moves quick on somebody for some reason, mm-hmm. do you think that if Minnesota threw the whole rigmarole at him that he would go there? Because no. I think he thinks he could win there. No. Brian no. Dutcher, man. I oh, think... yeah, Dutcher. I think I think Dutcher would be the move. There is a clause where his buyout is a lot lower if he goes to Minnesota. Right, and and he has a home there because his dad uh, used to coach Minnesota. Yeah, and that's his alumni too. Do you see another spot, Aunt, for Beeline besides Indiana? I've I am uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Me too. I, I heard that the other day when they were talking. Uh, I think it was on a podcast. Um, and yeah, that was me, Stu, and Brendan Quinn. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's the two spots I can see. I, I would think he would want Indiana more just because he can win faster. He will be. He will be so good in a state like Indiana. He will be so good. They love basketball. Like yeah. They love basketball, and you know he's so fundamental, and like 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 he just brings that you know type of Midwest mindset. Even though he's a Northeast guy, he yep. just brings that like hard worker mindset. Um, hard work. Yep. Did you guys school, happen to see Joanne today on the uh, Jalen yeah. Kobe show? Uh, I did not. He said he I wasn't going to go anywhere. Basically, gotcha. Yeah. Thank God. Gotcha. I mean, like, because of his really kids quick. and all that. Why Why yeah. wouldn't he go anywhere? He has his back. kids through, like, 2025, doesn't he? Well, not even the kids thing. He just said that's his dream job. Yep. But Ward Manuel does need to pay what he's yes. paid, what he's worth, though. Um, because I did say the other day, like, he's not eating ramen, meaning he's not struggling right now, but at the same time, you pay the man. What is driving the work? So, can we talk for a second about? I know I don't want to keep you guys in here forever, but can we talk about for a second what we think Michigan is, Michigan is going to lose next year? I, I think we're losing Wagner, obviously, Livers. Wagner, Livers, Brooks. Brooks. Um, I think Smith comes back, uh, probably. Got can Probably we talk about the guys that are currently on the roster and what slots they fit in and the guys that are coming in and what slots they might fit in? I mean, that is a lot of speculation when we have no clue what the roster looks like. We just have a we lot of We don't even dicks. know if Shondi's coming back. We don't know if Mike Smith's coming back. Is Shondi eligible? Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody is. Everybody, everybody eligible, eligible because back. of the COVID stuff? Yeah, due to COVID, everybody gets an extra Run year. it back. Okay. We could have had Langford for, like, years. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Langford, Langford, Davidson, and uh, I think Dimitri Trice can come can back next year. That's a guy I wouldn't mind. Dimitri Trice is grabbing. You said they want to point Dimitri Trice at Michigan State, huh? Michigan State. Dimitri Trice at Michigan State. No, hey, what y'all... can we talk about the Michigan fit next year? And I defer to Ant on this because I know he's really good at, at scouting the high school guys way better than, than probably we ever can. But I want to know what the fit is because it seems like we have a lot of bigs coming in, and I don't know if Dickinson is going to jump. At Michigan? Dickinson's not going to NBA. Dickinson's not going. 
at Michigan, we only have like one legit big. And he's, and he's like a, and he's and he's like a, like a forward. Center. Are those two guys that, that are coming in both definitive fours? No. no. So no. Caleb, yeah, Caleb, Caleb Houston is like a, Caleb Houston's like a three. He's a switch, switch right? He's like a Shane Battier, Mike Dunlap. Okay. Type. He's got range, yeah. man. He's got he's like, range. Fetch four slash three. Well, I just defer to Ant on what position they're going to play at the next level because it's hard to tell at the high school. Caleb Houston would play like a stretch. Uh, he'd play like a three stretch. Caleb Houston will be like a, a three. He just lacks uh, athleticism right now. He doesn't have athleticism. Wait, what? Is he slow? Are we all thinking that slow? Dickinson's no, coming he's back? he's not that slow, but like his, his, uh, his explosion is just – not Lacking. there. Yeah, yeah, this is not there. Dickinson's going to have to develop a counter move because he didn't. He didn't develop one this season. Yeah, I, I think he needs to come back right to shoulder. develop the three. That's they it on his right shoulder. Yeah, I mean, nobody to figure out. The, you got to go to his left shoulder. Some. What about uh, like what do you think? Uh, what's his DM? Is it is it DM body or whatever yeah, the DM Bate DM or DM Bate? What is he like? What's his type of? Like, what's his deal? Like, is he fucking just crazy athletic or like what? Really athletic, super long. His six ten, but he's his jump shots coming he's along. Like ten, he's raw. He's like a he's like a crazy freak athlete. He um, seems like a Florida State four to me. He's yes. like a yakum. <laughs> yes. Isn't he like? Isn't he only like a two hundred ten pounds though? At like six ten. That doesn't matter. Not matter. Yeah, he's that athletic. That, that His athleticism matter. is off the charts. He's that athletic. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I haven't watched yeah, a lot of film, on, so I don't know. I like the other matter. kid we're getting. The other kid with the headband. I can't. I can't remember his name. Um. The kid with the headband. Shatter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you guys think if Dickinson comes back next year that he's going to focus Who? a lot on the three? Um. I think. I think he needs to focus on going over his left shoulder more. Right. Um, and then he, and he he needs to be able to shoot it out to about twelve, which he, which 12. he, which he showed against like Northwestern a, a couple times in Minnesota at home. Um, but he needs to, you know, hit that 17, 18 foot shot just to keep just to keep guys honest. Well, what I love about him is that he knows his body and he's not afraid to use it. He knows that he's a big. He's not afraid to bang, yep. and there's so many kids nowadays that are big, and they don't want to bang. They just want to sit at the three and pick and roll and whatever. But Dickinson, like, actually relative that he's can a big. Shoot if you watched him in high school, he's a good. He's shooter. got good touch, but he's a but good. He shooter. likes to bang, and he has no problem with doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. never takes jumpers. I like it. I like it. I mean, I mean, I wish he would, because like I wish he could hit him at least. I don't know in game he doesn't really get the chance to do it he a lot. But I mean, if he could stretch the floor, Michigan this year, if he would have been able to stretch the floor, you would have been like Michigan would have been super dangerous. I agree. Like they even more dangerous than a one seed. Yeah, yeah. Livers was healthy. I mean, they didn't. I know they didn't need him to do that, but he if he would have stretched the floor, they would have been in that. Yeah, Dickinson with a mid range is dangerous. I ain't going. Yeah. yeah, if Livers was healthy though, this tournament would have been. I don't think I would have been afraid of any team. I agree. Period. They would have. They wouldn't have been able to double Dickinson if he would have been able to shoot like middies. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah.
Eli Brooks, very big improvement this year. I mean, look at, I mean, like what, if they would have doubled him on mid range, like they would add a double him mid range wise. And then he would, he's a good enough passer. He would just immediately thrown it to a shooter on the outside. Yep. And now they have to, they, they only double him when he's on the block and he still is able to make that pass. He is I mean, an underrated passer. And I think that, you know, the left-handed thing, we automatically compare him to Mitch McGrary and all that stuff, but he, uh, really Mitch McGarry's motor was just crazy though. Yeah, he was. He's yeah, more like a Marcus Soul. Yeah, I agree. He's he's gonna have to shoot it a little bit better from like in like spot up. You don't need all that fancy shit. Just be able to just line up, spot up, and hit that shot. He and has good basketball. That's Mitch, Mitch McGarry was more like Mitch McGarry was a guy who like uh, I, I think there was a shot against uh, I think it was Ohio State where Dickinson missed it, where Mitch McGarry just would have fucking dunked it. <laughs> like I, I don't know what you're. I, I think we talked about it in in the locker room after the game. Like Dickinson still is at that level where he like a like an NBA guy would have just dunked it, and he like tried yeah. to lay it in. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. talking about uh, Frankie Collins, guys. That's the name. Oh, Frankie. Yeah, Frankie uh, Collins. He, yeah, from he's a find a jump shot. Nice. Yeah. Gotta find a he, jump he's shot. just really athletic. He's raw athletic. He's not. He's got to find not, a jumper. I don't think that Hunter Dickinson, when you say that, though, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think he's soft in any sense. I don't think he's soft. I think that he, I think that he, because he's trying to project himself to the pros, because he should. I mean, he's a stud. Um, I think that he wants to use his touch a little bit. And I don't think that he wants to go full Zion, Chris Webber, dunk everything that I have in the paint. I feel like the refs hoe him, so he doesn't sell the calls. He, he gets hoed a lot with his and ones. He doesn't get any calls. Can I, I just I talk one more second weird, before we he's leave? He's a weird seven one though, like, or seven like however tall he is, seven one. I think he is. He he. All, I mean, like how he runs down the court though. You can tell he's not gonna dunk that. Like, yeah. are there you any guys in here? the way he runs? He's just not gonna. He's not that kind of seven one athletic. He's are there he's any guys guy. here that have that don't scream at your TV or throw a pillow or something if you have money on the game when you see Luca Garza hook somebody when they go up for a shot? I've had this happen. Like nah, Luca Garza is smart with the way he plays. He, he knows what he can get away. Everyone. With. He literally did it like thirty times like when we played him. He hooks us all the time. And I'm headed to bed. When do you guys play? You got Michigan play Saturday or they play tomorrow? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, I believe. Does anyone know I think, which arena I they think play the at? the right side of the bracket plays, plays tomorrow. Left side of the bracket plays on play Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So, Does anyone know where Michigan Saturday. plays at? Yeah. Uh, so, I Indiana. I got a question real quick. I'm beefing with SeatGeek, though. No, I mean, no. like, which which arena do they play at in Indiana? Are you talking about north think, or south? I think we're at the Pacers arena. Well, there's, like, six arenas down there that are doing games, so I'm just wondering which. Oh, shit. Are they not just doing it at two arenas? I thought there was no, just no, like, like, they 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 do Indiana and, uh, what's it? The oh, they're doing, they're doing just, like, Indiana's the state. They're playing at all. Oh, shit. I didn't know yeah, that. They're okay. doing it everywhere. Okay. Someone okay. said Mackie. Because I was gonna say, Aunt, if you wanted to go down there on Monday, I'm going. I'm driving down there, so 
I just didn't know if you wanted to write down. Nah, it's all good, man. So, it's all good. I got a question. Yeah, my buddy went to the my buddy went to the MSU game tonight. He 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 was disappointed. <laughs> That'd be a sad drive. At least he went to see like live basketball. This right. Year. I mean, that's yeah, he went to the Boilermakers. He said it was awesome, but it was just not a fun ending. Very <laughs> uh, fun for us. Hey, it was nice talking to you guys. Nice meeting you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yo, I'm about to shut it down. It is almost 2.30 in the morning. Y'all are wild. Y'all are crazy. Hey, guys, yeah. guys. Come on. We pulling it on. There's a, lot of, <laughs> hey, there's a lot of Big Ten slander on Twitter from the Pac-12. <laughs> judging us for Michigan State. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, man. It's all go, good. Go it's all good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like. Close it down, Ant. This is this is locker room. If this was your first time here, cool. It if it's your first time on 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 the panel, cool. Um, this is what we do like a few times a week. We just kick Bond it, we chill, again. we talk hoop. Uh, yeah, if you haven't yet, watch bro. Last Chance You. Watch Last Chance You. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about that on here um, at some point because I think this season is super dope. Um, so watch that, and we'll talk about that probably when March Madness is over, or when there's like 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 a gap in between games or something like in between rounds. But yeah, appreciate you guys. Up, man. Oh, man. Double, Wait, double and, click, and, quick question, double quick click Ant's name. Farm the gems. Farm the gems. <laughs> farm the gems. <laughs> farm the gems. Bro, real quick, bro. What is with Penn State's half of their roster transfer? I gotta know. I mean, their coach. Was like let go in October yeah. due to the stuff that went down with the kid who went to to mm-hmm. Iowa State. I think his name was Rasir Bolton. Yeah, uh, some that things were exchanged, and then he left in October. Um, yeah. Then there was the interim coach. He came in, and you saw the season that they had. Um, and yeah, and that was it. I would leave too. Like, like hell yeah, nobody like like. Like Penn, like nobody. Hold on, I'm about to show you what poverty is. Give me a second. <laughs> this is this is called basketball poverty, bro. This is basketball poverty. Where is it at? If you're right. gonna show me what poverty is, man, I just about to make a hot pocket. So this is poverty. <laughs> uh, one Final Four that was during seg- seg- segregation. Oh, um, they've been to the tournament. Four times since 1965. One since since 1955. That is called poverty. So, yes. How can they even have expectations? Dude, I thought being level? a Pistons fan was bad. Yo, Pistons fan? We've had three championships. And they play at a really nice Stop. arena. Okay, the Pistons, if they would have drafted fucking anybody but Darko Milicic, Don't they made the talk Eastern about it. Listen, and Luke the Kinnard. Pistons have had three championships <laughs> in my lifetime. Don't compare the Pistons to Penn Compare it to the Lions. Pistons through the 2000-2010 were not a poverty team. They're just a poverty team post-2010. <laughs> there are some good NBA rooms on this app. And all they do is Thank talk you. shit for like eight hours straight. Like it's wild. Thank you. I've been it's on the wild. Keep It One Hundred podcast. I I wrote <laughs> I I write for my uh, school paper, and I wrote an article about Michigan sports and how they they actually Michigan. Funny enough, broke a statistic uh, last year 
about being the worst market to play for and had the worst record of all time with uh, with a state with four major sports teams. Oh, I know that. Yeah, and, right. and, and and the Pistons are one of the worst people to look at because if you look at their record throughout 2000-2010 compared to 2010-2020, to is is so sad. Yeah, the, buddy, the but things I've that they had three done. championships, <laughs> three titles as a Pistons fan in my lifetime. I'm 41. Like I'll never complain about the Pistons. I got we're none, one though. of the top six franchises. Well, I guess I got one, but I was four. I haven't I really. One, but I was four too. I, I'm yeah, I was. Now. Yeah, I'm 20. I haven't experienced. I didn't get to appreciate it. Twenty gang out here, man. I grew yeah, up. Wrap it I, up. I grew up like. As far as I'm I can remember, I was on 2K. I was on 2K, and the moment I realized, I think it was 2K11, the Pistons were ranked worse than the Cavaliers. And I knew it was. All right, I'm out, guys. Nice job. All right, y'all. Yeah, I, I will holler at y'all. Right. Be on the lookout for future locker rooms. Some are scheduled. Some are going to be around events. I'll let you know on Twitter usually that day or or like right Notification before game. I go on. So. I'll holler at y'all, man. Later. All right, see you guys. All right.